0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And this is the show for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. Um, we release a few episodes a week. Uh, sometimes uh, we it is a solo episode where I share some of the behind the scenes or what's happening in Gtex, things that are working right now. Sometimes it uh, is uh, an episode where we share client case studies and how they got incredible results uh, by working with our methodologies. And sometimes we have fantastic and awesome guests like we have today. Now, before I introduce the, our guest for today, though, if you want to uh, you, no, just have clarity in uh, your business, uh, knowing exactly what to do in particular relative to the stage where you're in business, so you're not confused, you're not doing things just for the sake of doing things, then uh, make sure you download our expert business, Ex- expert business checklist. Uh, it is a checklist that we have created where it will help you identify where are you in the business journey based on where you are and what you have, what are the things that you need to do next in order to have the full picture and then go to the next stage of your business. So you get absolute clarity. It's free. Make sure you scroll down, check it in the show notes, which is the expert business checklist. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the show, uh, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any other incredible episode moving forward. Now it is time to introduce our guest of the day, Uh, she is a multi-passionate entrepreneur and educator and she runs uh, and owns a coach training academy and has also separate coaching business. She's an ICF master coach, mentor, best-selling author, trainer, and podcaster who's passionate about using neuroscience to help people transform themselves and their business. And everyone, welcome to the one and only Ruth Kuzi. Good to see you, Ruth. How are you doing?
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm really excited.
0: It is my absolute pleasure. So we are going to talk about stepping into your zone of genius. What does it take to step on the zone of genius? What are some of the things that stop people from doing that? But before we get started and also get to know you a bit more, I have a question. Mm. You said that you we're having a quick chat and you said that you apparently you tend to like a lot of Italians. You have a lot of Italian people going (laughs) around your life. What is, uh, I I felt flattered on behalf of all the Italian people in the world. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) Why is that? Why is that for you?
1: I don't know. I think me, honestly, like both me and my husband, wherever we go, like to the gym, um, people from work, we always seem to attract Italians and i've got no idea why and actually we've never even oh know we have been to italy once together um i don't know maybe it's maybe it's like all the great italians are into personal development maybe that's it maybe that's why
0: who knows who knows who is there a particular quality it. if you look at italian people that you know is there a particular quality that you find that you appreciate about italians out of curiosity i
1: think italians are really like they're passionate about what like the Italians that I know are really passionate about what they do and I think that I always see that passion that fire that flame in the ones that I know so maybe there are people out there who aren't like this so but in my experience the passion the Italians that I know they have that passion they have that flame oh, and I guess I'm attracted to that flame uh, yeah. Uh, Thank you
0: for sharing. I appreciate it. And I remember Mm -hmm. talking about passion. I remember um, um, we're having a conversation with my wife. The first time that my mom came and visited us here in the Mm -hmm. UK and uh, was staying at our place. And it was the first time that my wife saw me and my mom interacting. Mm -hmm. She told me we were having a fight. (laughs) (laughs) We were having a conversation. (laughs) Just like a normal conversation. But that fire comes out in conversation. It's like, why are you... why having a fight with your mom was like just actually exchanging ideas. Like it was a normal conversation. So anyway, Ruth, so let's uh, uh, talk a bit more about you. Um, Mm. um, Why? So you mentioned you want to, we're talking about finding your genius. Yes. Uh, why, Why are you passionate about this topic?
1: Because I think that often we do things that are easy for us, don't we? And most of us, if we're honest, um we, well, a lot of us, and I'm talking to myself here as well. There's lots of things that we're okay at. There's lots of things that we're competent at. And we will, we will continue to do those things um, to avoid actually putting ourselves out there and doing the thing that we're that is really our gift. Because doing the gift thing, that is actually much more terrifying than doing the thing that you're competent at. Because if you're doing the thing that you're competent at, you can easily say, Okay. Well, the reason that I didn't get those results was because actually that's not really my strength. I was just doing it. But when you're doing that thing, that is the thing that you were meant to do, that thing that you're really good at, that thing that you really enjoy, it's so much part of your identity that your ego often stops you. And I believe that we've all got inside of so much potential and that everybody has a certain gift uh, and it's about finding that gift and then stepping into that gift as a business owner. And I think it really goes against everything that we learn at school. So at school, I'm not sure if it's the same in Italy, but in this country, you're told you have to be an all-rounder. You have to do nine or gosh, I used to be deputy head. Some people are doing 13 GCSEs yeah. and yeah. then you have to do so many, a like you're told that it's good to have, to be broad, but actually often it's good to specialize because when you specialize, you become highly skilled at something. And if we think about, you know, there's that, there's that thing, isn't there, that if you do 10,000 hours of something, you master it. Yeah. Well, if we're able to specialize in something, we're able to master it much, much quicker, aren't we? You
0: can do 10,000 hours in a few years.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. When <laughs> you're, you're doing like, <laughs> five different things you're not really focused it's gonna take you decades so I think it's it is and part of this is about really understanding yourself and your strengths and how you like to work and getting rid of all of those shoulds Mm -hmm. you're like I'm a coach therefore I should and I actually love one-to-one coaching but I have coaches who I'm a coach therefore I should do one-to-one but they don't enjoy it so they're making themselves do something because they think that that's what a coach does. Or that's true. Or I or bet they, you they might
0: be thinking about I need to do because everyone is doing group programs or I need to have online courses. I need to have an automated evergreen webinar. This, But they just <laughs> love actually might love having a few clients and do one to one because that's what they love. Otherwise, they're missing the very thing. Is that the same thing?
1: Yeah. Or I'm like, you know, everybody is on TikTok, for example. I'm not on, are you on TikTok? Of course. Of course. I bet you're good on TikTok. So everybody- I actually no.
0: I've just, uh, I, I, I do a lot of things for FOMO. Uh, so I was like, oh my God, I need to be on TikTok. And that really is like the odd video every now and then, but it's more repurposing stuff and
1: not, not big Yeah, I'm on there. So we're probably the worst because we do like, you see these things, you know, I was like, Clubhouse, I'm not going to buy into that. And then today I got 2000 followers, and I'm like, oh, I've got 2000 followers on Clubhouse. And I'm like, what is the purpose of me doing this? Is this playing to my strengths? Is this an integrity of what I want to do? Am I in my zone of genius? And when you ask yourself that, when you're really clear on what your purpose is and what your zone of genius is, then you can really laugh at yourself. You know, today I was saying, I'm going to start doing Instagram Reels. Is that really my zone of genius? Is that really gonna help me get closer to my big purpose? No. So why am I doing it? Because of FOMO. Because I saw my friend Noor do it and hers were really good. Me and Noor are very different. Um, so it's it's so have you done have you done that Instagram reel or not? I haven't done one yet. I said no. today on my stories I was gonna do one, about loads of people liked it. Um Probably because they know it's not my zone of genius, and maybe they want to have a little bit of a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when you've done it, send it, please. <laughs> I will send it to you. I will. But what I'm saying is, I shouldn't really be focusing on doing that because actually, it take you know, all of these things can take us away. And I think, as business owners, and you know, many of us are business owners because we're stepping away from that employed life, that life where we have to do lots of things that we maybe are not in our zone of genius. Mm-hmm. And we have the opportunity, a real opportunity, actually, to step up and say, like, w- what do I want to do? Why do I want to do it? What am I really good at? What's the legacy I want to leave? And we don't have that freedom to the same extent when we're employed. Yeah, that that's, that's
0: absolutely true. And then when you have that freedom, then it's too much sometimes yeah. because then it becomes... Like now I got to do everything because otherwise, either, like we said, I'm missing out or sometimes I don't even know what my zone of genius is. And so I'm just trying to do every Mm. single thing. So I want to ask you, so what is your zone of genius?
1: So I would say my zone of genius is actually it's helping people. Helping people see their potential. I say that is is like that. And then I would say doing that either by, I do that either by training people to be coaches or I do work with a few coaches to really help them step up um, into their zone of genius. Like I can see other people's potential. I've always been able to see that. Mm -hmm. And I can help others see their potential. But I was really bad at doing it for myself. That wasn't my zone of genius, um, doing it for myself. It was seeing it in others. Now, I thought that, like, I needed to have a traditional coaching business. I needed to do big group programs, you know, have that seven-figure launch of the group program. Actually, even saying that makes me feel a bit sick. But I believed that I had to do that, and I had to work with loads of people in order to be accessible successful successful um and actually um there were loads of clues like the universe gives you clues there were lots of clues and I started a coach training program back in 2019 to train people to become ICF accredited coaches yeah. and that program has grown and grown and grown and obviously with growth there's always even more lessons aren't there mm-hmm. um so we <laughs> <laughs> with growth People are like, I want to grow my business, it's gonna all be amazing. And we're like,
0: mm. Is that the, the, the size of the problem? They they are
1: so <laughs> the business growth? The problem guys. Yeah. The you, have the to, you have to deal with that, don't you? Mm. So I think um, and I, I was realizing like You know, the the growth that people were getting in the coach training was phenomenal and the results they were getting was phenomenal. And I realized that I had all this knowledge. I've I've been studying psychology since I was 16. I turned 43 last week. So that's quite a long time. (laughs) So what I realized was actually loads of the stuff in my head around psychology and neuroscience that isn't normal in the coaching world. So when I was integrating this into the training, it was having a massive impact on people. And then when I was integrating it into my coaching, it was also having a massive impact. So it's like it it just it just kind of became more and more apparent um, that I had this skill that I didn't even realize I had because I thought, well, that can't be a zone of genius. Like a zone of genius needs to be like, I'm a great singer or I'm, mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be something seemed so natural and easy to me and literally if you ask me about neuroscience or psychology or personality I could sit here for hours and I thought I didn't realize that that was a strength I thought it was just how everybody was is
0: that what you find as well when you're working with others uh, that uh, it, it becomes like the thing that they are most natural at? And because <clears> it's so natural, or you can find that they've been something that have been around for a long period of time, then just take it for granted. Is that, is that the case?
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I would say for you, like, you have this natural ability to, to kind of bring people together. And you're obviously very sociable, and you can see that in your business. Your bit, like I've seen your business since we've known. We haven't known each other that long, but I'm like, you know, this. It's like everybody knows you, but in a good way. Like you, <laughs> you're like, yeah. <laughs> but but this is like it's really interesting to observe because I'm like, okay, here's a fantastic, and I'm going to use this word. But like, I'm going to use this word and then explain it because some people use this word in, in derogatory way, but a fantastic networker. And I would say that in a in that you build real relationships with people. And I think that that's your zone of genius. Like that's your super strength that you're able to uh, do that. Yeah, you, you actually say that
0: because I was looking at uh, like, what are the things that come really natural to mm. me? And uh, when you mentioned bringing people together. Yeah. So I'm actually like what I've what I found is that for me the the strength of the relationship comes in the actually the group environment. Mm. So there is a one-to-one relationship, but the majority of the, my connection they come from a, a group environment and I'm the person who connects people together. Mm. You connect. So I'm actually I'm I'm better at connecting others or creating a even like creating and facilitating the space of connection. That's been the thing I remember when I, I was, uh, when I left Italy, mm. I was always the person who was part of like five or six different groups mm. and then would bring the groups together for a big night out.
1: Yes. Like, hey.
0: And when, and I remember that I had a few friends saying like, since you left and that was like a faster year I left from Italy, they were saying, but I, we the group is not the same anymore. Like it's not jetting the same. Like you were almost like the glue of the group, mm. the one that were bringing people together. And that got me thinking. In fact, even Gtex, the work that we do, Gtex is growing together exponentially. We bring people together. Yeah. And and the other thing that I have, I think, is the uh, in terms of zone of genius, which I love, is uh, verbal communication. Mm. I hate writing. I hate drawing, designing my thing. Give me a microphone. You're lucky if I shut up. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so and, and is it going back at school was the one thing that all my teachers were saying, like you can put Simone against the wall. It will get the wall to talk.
1: So true. I yeah. Am- and what I love about what you've shared as an example for people listening to is the, the zone, Like your zone of genius, you'll have a method of communication that you prefer. And, you know, we're joking about TikTok and Clubhat. But honestly, like, you, if you communicate in your preferred style, you're going to be so much more successful than if you think you need to communicate in, you know, if you always need to write or you always need to speak. And speaking doesn't come naturally to, to me, to you. I mean, I see people all the time who are like, oh, I need, like, I have to do it this way. It's like, well, you don't. What What if you let go of those haves and shoulds and did it the way that felt good for you? How much easier, and it's not going to be easy, how much easier would it be? Uh, it, it's a game changer.
0: It, it is a total game changer. And so now, because you have a lot of experience uh, by helping other people find in or genius, uh, what do you find that holds them back from? Uh, either finding it
1: or once they find it, expressing it? So I think finding it, I think there can be resist. I, I think there can be like, this comes easily to me, therefore it must come easily to others. I think that's really, really normal. So people, disc- people discount, you know, bringing people together. They discount their listening, you know, whatever it may be, they discount it because they don't think, and they probably don't think, okay, well, how can I, they're already like, well, how can I do this in my business? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're not allowing their minds to go to that creative place and connect with what it is before they're like, well, how's that going to work in my business? So actually it's a bit about slowing down and really starting to look at what it is and then think about, well, how can I use that in my business? Because really you can use anything in your business. You can bring in your love of speaking, your love of writing, whatever it may be. Yeah. There
0: is the... the, reason the um... Well, you know, it's, it's funny when some people come to me and say uh, what's a, what shall I do what strategy shall I use what, stri- what strategy is better mm. is it better challenges is it better webinars is it better I'm like but my answer is often which one is going to be better for you because the one that the strategy that works is the one that you're going to make it work make it work oh my <laughs> uh, god one I think strategy's... we have similar conversations <laughs> right and so I'm curious to know like Because you have literally killed a big part of your business before. Yeah. Focus on something different. And that was this process linked to you owning your zone of genius and fully committing to it.
1: Yeah. So what I realized is so actually probably about a year ago, um, February 20, I made the decision before this, but this was the last time I launched a group program. So what I'd had in my business for about four years is I'd had. Worked with people one-to-one, which I love. At some points, I'd work with too many people one-to-one because I actually think energetically for me, working with less works better. Worked with people one-to-one. I had small group masterminds, which I also love. But then I'd also done these group programs. And I'll be honest, like I'd done one group program and that that generated me about £300,000 over a number of launches, which is a lot of money, let's be honest. But what I was finding is those group programs were getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it was very difficult to run them in the way that i wanted to run them because for me personally i like to get to know people as individuals i can train you but this wasn't about training this was about coaching support and it didn't like it didn't work with me integrity wise so i did my last group program launch this time last year in february and i basically kind of made this commitment that for me the coach training was going to be the thing that generated me the income, uh, the bulk of the income. And then I'd have my one-to-one and masterminds and stuff. So I'd have, I've got two separate businesses. So I closed that bit of the business down. No more, no more group programs ever again. And honestly, like, so that was in February. And then obviously (laughs) Pandemic hit. Uh, we lost quite a bit of money because we had three retreats but So we lost money from that. I lost a bit of corporate consulting work I was meant to be doing. But I kind I, I was like, look, I really trust because all this time I was teaching my first group of the coach training yeah. and they were getting so such great results. And I was like, I'm just gonna have to trust this process. And let's just say that all of that money that I made for the group program over four years, we've already made more than that. Since September, with the coach training and the results have been epic, and people are loving it, and we're making it better and better. Mm-hmm. And that was only because I really listened to myself, and I, I had some difficult conversations because I think in the online space you just start, like you see everyone else doing stuff, and you're like, okay. And I'll be honest, like your ego is like, oh, I really. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if I had like a group program and I had like a 500k launch? Oh, how amazing would that be? Yeah, yeah, that would be great. But the thing is, it's not about the launch; it's about the delivery. So if you, if you look, make 500k and then you hate it, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a very interesting time, and to actually to say, like to say, I'm not doing this anymore. You know, you get a mixture of responses. I equally at that time, I had a Facebook group of about, I think I had about four and a half thousand people in it. And I shut that Facebook group. I opened a brand new one. And I think we've got nearly 4,000 in that now too. But I was like, this isn't working. And this isn't playing to my strengths. And actually people are still getting results. Like I wasn't ever flogging anything that was rubbish, but I knew that I could get people better results in a different way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- I'm curious as well to know, because from your experience, I think that everyone can can learn. Yes, um, there, is, there is a there is an internal battle, right? There is a mental battle, and uh, you are fascinated about neuroscience. So yeah, I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, that while you were going through the internal battle, you also have the layer that you start self analyzing yourself.
1: <laughs> oh my God! Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> that that happens as long as you know something about the mind, or in particular like yourself, you go deeper. Now you start self-analyzing about why you have that particular thought, why you're feeling a certain way, where chemically does it come from and all that. Yes. So on a neurological point of view, talking about science here, where does this, this resistance of not accepting or committing to our zone genius come from?
1: Right, okay, so I think it comes from two things. I think first of all, it comes from um, fear. Of, well, I think it comes from a fear of failure. And that may be because we've got a template where we failed in the past, Um, or it may be our ego's way of keeping us safe because our ego doesn't like us to fail. So very, very easy. Let's keep you safe, let's keep you small. The other thing is that often we we may be stopping ourselves because we've got a fear of success. And I'll talk about this. So loads and loads of people I work with have this. So they have been successful in the past, and they have this success template where they were burnt out they were emotionally exhausted their relationship suffered their health suffered so actually in their brain success is wired to negative consequences mm-hmm. so when they go to be successful in something else their brain literally stops them and they they don't do things because they're, they're, the brain's protecting the, you from getting those negative um those negative consequences So in that situation, what you need to do is you need to go back and look at the old success template and reframe it and realize that actually that wasn't success. That was a version of someone else's form of success. And that made you ill. And that isn't what you're going to do now. But if you don't do that, then often you start to build a really unhealthy relationship with success. And it means that you stop yourself. You stop yourself doing these things. Because really we are able to reprogram our brains we're able to do whatever we want to do and yes of course we have structural limitations like you know some people are gonna (laughs) obviously we're sitting here it's in london in one of the richest cities in the world it's much easier for us to get the resources to do what we want to do than other people in the world and i think it's really important to look at that um however uh we also need to consider that we are able to change our, our, our brains, our neuroplasticity. Really, we can create new neural pathways, first of all, by thinking new thoughts and doing that consistently and focusing on it and repeating it, and then supporting those thoughts with feelings and emotions and actions. And so therefore, if we're not doing it, we are able to create a reality when we where we can do it. Mm-hmm. but we need to want to do that and that is a big thing like as humans we can reprogram our brains humans have this amazing ability to reprogram their brains and really you know think differently but you need to want to think differently I- i'm curious uh, about
0: if there is uh, like a, a habit or something new that maybe you have like a, over the past few years that you have changed about yourself, talking about, you know, so something that you've already changed and mm. transformed. What were some of the things that you did to make that
1: change, to make the transformation? Right. So I am a, ma- there's two books that I recommend you reading here. There's Atomic Habits by James Clear. And there's also Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. And if you're on Clubhouse, BJ Fogg has an m- amazing rooms where he talks about his stuff. Here's like, he's, he's one of my favorite psychologists and that's massive accolade because I love psychologists, but really what they say is if like, so for me, yeah, one of the behaviors that I wanted to change was, I'm going to be really honest here, looking at my phone as soon as I wake up. But mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I got into that really bad habit and actually I got this habit from when I worked in, when I worked in schools and I worked in really like, I was a deputy head in really, challenging secondary schools and I used to have a BlackBerry so I'm dating this now I used to have a BlackBerry and I used to check it as soon as I woke up because there was always lots of stuff going on I'll be honest there was quite you know and I always wanted to make sure I used to worry about the safety of my kids I used to worry about the safety of my staff so I got into a habit of, of sleeping with the BlackBerry next to me waking up and checking it so how did I change that habit well First of all, I removed the cue, which was my phone. Mm -hmm. So we always respond to cues. So if you can remove the cue, that will help. So I moved the phone. First of all, I moved it away. Then I moved it outside the bedroom. So then actually just by doing that, that was enough for me not to check it first thing. And that was enough for me to come down and actually start a new routine. But the first thing I do every morning is I literally just write in my journal. Mm-hmm. And I might write one word. That's that is like my low bar. One word, but I, I always write more. But so I changed that habit because, again and again, my phone was outside my room. So then I wasn't looking at my phone. So then I wasn't. Then that wasn't happening. So you need to change the cue. If there's something, if you, if some, because really we respond to a cue. Something happens and we do something.
0: Yeah. If,
1: if this is why, the like there. If the thing is not there, then we can create a new, a new way of doing things. So actually like, what's my habit now? My cue. Okay. I wake up, I go downstairs and I actually leave my journal and my pen out. And then I leave my yoga on my laptop. Nothing else is open. So it's really easy for me to do it. Like if you can make things easy for you, you're more likely to do them. Yeah. If we put all of these barriers in the way, we are not likely to do it. You know, if, It's really funny because all of this stuff we kind of know, don't we? Like, if you want to go to the gym in the morning, you put your gym kit out. (laughs) Like, and you make sure the car key's there if you have to drive. I know we're not going to the gym at the moment, but we will be in the future. Like, you do those things. But actually, it's like, like if we can reverse engineer a habit, and then we can think about whatever that cue may be. BJ Spock talks about a classic one that after you brush your teeth, you do two Mm press-ups, and that's your bar. Mm-hmm. I don't do that I don't do that maybe I should but yeah I think it's it is about that that cue repetition focus repeat repeat repeat
0: until it becomes natural until, until it, it becomes, becomes second nature
1: and then it just becomes part of you like I don't know if you drive but when you drive oh, yeah. yeah when you drive you like so let's say you do like for me I drive the kids to school every day in normal life You can, and this is, you know, my kids are four and six, but I can drive there and I'll be like, oh, because it's automatic. Like it's only a five minute drive. Mm -hmm. When you walk to work, because it's automatic. If you walk the same route every day, you can be on a train and you can be like, oh, because your brain is running on automatic. You're not thinking about your decisions. And when you're building new habits, you want to get to that stage. Uh, another way of talking about it is like that it's unconscious. It's conscious incompetence, unconscious incompetence, conscious competence, unconscious competence. That's, I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah, like that's yeah, another you, way of I, it. I was never able to repeat this without a <laughs> diagram in front of me. So <laughs> yeah, I was doing it thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm going to wow. get it wrong. Yeah. So basically we want to become unconsciously competent at things. So then our, we're not using up loads of mental energy in thinking about what we're doing. It's just happening as a. As a and, routine. and linking it
0: to the conversation that we have about finding your zone of genius mm. or being in your zone of genius is going to the point where now you consciously at the beginning focus on doing things in your zone of genius, then mm. becomes in a habit and then you leaves you live your life. In, in your
1: zone of genius is that, is that correct And probably the reason that it becomes unconsciously competent in your zone of genius is because the reason that you might not be able to find it is because you are unconsciously competent so you yeah. don't actually even realize that you're competent because
0: you're, already there. you're, <laughs> already you're there. doing
1: it so naturally and it's part of you so actually another little tip is ask people what do you think i'm really good at you know, ask people who are going to give you honest and nice feedback as well. You know, sometimes don't ask family members. <laughs> you don't want them to say nothing.
0: <laughs> oh, Cheers, <geez>, ma'am. <laughs> You're really geez. good at forgetting to <laughs> call
1: me. Okay. Yeah. I'll ask man. somebody.
0: <laughs> it's you good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I, didn't need, I didn't need that. This is, this, is, this is a special task to find my zone of genius, ma'am. <laughs> don't need to find those things.
0: Uh, I absolutely love this conversation, Ruth. And uh, so we've been talking about uh, uh, finding your zone of genius, what resistances there are, strategies in which we can actually change the way we behave, change the way we think, change re- we operate. Uh, before we wrap up, up, I want to ask you about uh, uh, your a tool or an app um, that you or a book that you would like to share. I know you have two surprises for us, no one but two. Ooh, so, uh, I could... go, go ahead, Ruth. What resources so they, are you
1: They are neuroscience. So first of all, this is called Life Lessons from a Brain, Scient- a brain Surgeon. It's by someone called Rahul Jand- Jandil. He's amazing. I actually saw him in London in February last year. This book, as you can see I've read it a lot. It's super great. It talks about what we can do to keep our brains healthy. It's what made me realize that intermittent fasting was not something that we just do it there's a reason behind it that helps our brains so that's a fantastic book he's amazing as well What what's uh, the title again because i'm
0: writing in life nice um,
1: lessons from a brain surgeon okay. and it's dr rahul r-a-h-u-l jandil j-a-n-d-i-a-l right. he's based in um california all right that's brilliant. Uh, he's based in california but his book has done better in the uk than it has in america interesting and, and
0: also i've been doing it i'm curious because i've been doing intermittent fasting now for about eight years uh but i'd never understood about the, the health benefit on the brain so
1: yeah massive benefit on the brain read that it's i remember reading it last last year and it was like yeah okay and then this one another neuroscience one it's called the brain that changes itself and it's by norman dodge so it's d-o-i-d-g-e it's just brilliant. What it is, is these are loads of stories. So actually a lot of the neuroplasticity and a lot of the reason that we know what we do now is lots of, um, they're basically what they call miracle, uh, medical miracles. They had people who had strokes or brain injury. They were able to re- They were able to do these things that medically they didn't think they were able to. Mm-hmm. And the therapist started to think, okay, there's something else going on here. Um, This is a lot what like Joe Dispenza talks about. And then now they can they can scan the brain so we can see what was going on. But this is kind of like at the beginning. And it's just it's really interesting. Really, really interesting.
0: That's brilliant. So we have Life Lessons from a Brain Surgeon and the Brain that Changes Itself. So these are the two books that have been recommended. Uh, The links will be in the show notes. So make sure you check them out or if you you want to type them, whatever you buy your books from, then I'm sure you can get them there. Um, I
1: love that. Whatever
0: (laughs) you buy your books from. Well, I mean, not everyone buys them from Amazon. I know 99.9% of the world (laughs) buys them from Amazon, but But the the 1% (laughs) is about, (laughs) we are being inclusive in this podcast. (laughs) Even if you don't buy your books in Amazon, you can buy them whatever you want. (laughs) So, Ruthie, it's time to wrap up the interview. Uh, it has been a, an absolute pleasure to have you here, and thank you for the great value and for the fun as well. It was a, it was a very entertaining interview. Um, how can people reach out to you, and uh, what do you have for them if people want to get to know deeper the work that you do?
1: So. I, oh. So people can find me on social medias, only one Ruth could K-U-D-Z-I. I've got my free group called The Coaching Community. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook if you just type in Ruth Kudzi. It's my website as well. And I'm going to give you access if you are a coach or you're coaching curious or you're starting to use more coaching in what you do. I've got a coaching toolkit, which has got 15 different resources and ways that you can help support people as a coach. That's
0: awesome. And and I know, for example, that and all the links are going to be in the show notes. So make sure you scroll down uh, or if you're watching the video, make sure you find the comments uh, on YouTube. So then uh, you can see all the all the links and make sure you get in touch with the And I, I know we had uh, actually conversations around, um, you know, um, do you need a qualification if you're a coach, you don't need a qualification? I think this will be a, another podcast episode, which it's I would good, love. I, th- I think we can make a we can have a good conversation there. I can see a part two coming out, but uh, yes. if you're working uh, or, already with clients uh, and you want to be able to help them better, make sure you get it this resource. Because uh, I'm always thinking, uh, even if I did a lot of qualification courses, I'm always thinking, how can I serve better my clients? It mm. might be one thing that I'm learn which is new that can make all the difference. Mm. Who knows? So whether you have you are starting out or maybe you're been in the coaching business or in the coaching industry for a while, make sure you download it because uh, uh, you can learn something that can help you be more effective with your clients. So thank you. Ruth, thank you. Thank you very much for uh, being with us today. Uh, final thing before we wrap up, what is the final message you would like to leave
1: everyone with? I think the, the final message that I want to leave everyone with is that you are always able to change the way that you think. So wherever you are, remember that you have the ability to change how you think. And by changing how you think, you can change how you are, how you act and how you feel. We never know what is going to happen to us, but we are in control of our thoughts. That
0: beautifully summarizes this incredible interview. So Ruth, thank you very much. Thank you. And for everyone who's watching or listening, if you're not subscribing to the podcast or to the YouTube channel, you're crazy. What are you waiting for? Make sure you subscribe. You subscribe right now so you don't miss any other incredible episode. As I mentioned, reach out to Ruth. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, leave us a review on uh, on Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference. If you like the work that we do here at Explode Your Expert Business Show, if you like the quality of the guests that we find for you or the love and the care that we put inside this project, Then the one thing you can do for us is leave us a review. It makes a huge difference. We really appreciate it. And also let us know what is the one thing that you really enjoyed the most about this interview and let Ruth know, because then we can see the impact that we are making. Having said that, I'll see you next time for another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist so it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist and as well finally if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together join our private Facebook group Explode Your Expert Biz again you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.